Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of their faithful people and kindle in us the fire of your love. Again, the words of St. Paul in 1 Thessalonians. Indeed, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have before God on account of you? Night and day, we are praying earnestly to see you in person and to supply what is lacking in your faith. May God, our Father himself, and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord increase your love and make it overflow for each other and for all people, just as ours does for you, so that he may establish your hearts as blameless in holiness before our God and Father, when our Lord Jesus comes with all his saints. Dear friends, there's a new religion sweeping our country. It's infiltrating the media, businesses, military, the schools, and even, you can say, the Christian church. It's called wokeness. Wokeness, if you maybe have heard or maybe have not heard that term before, really says that you need to wake up to any kind of oppression against minorities and marginalized groups. And it's your responsibility to actively fight against it. Wokeness is deceptive because it, it, because it speaks to issues that we agree with. None of us here likes racism. None of us likes putting people down who have a different worldview than we do. But when you look at wokeness, this man-made religion, you realize that it doesn't breathe the spirit of Jesus. The devil is good at laying his lies right next to the truth in order to cause people to stumble. So the answer to our culture of wokeness is for us to wake up. The woke culture is about anger and making people feel guilty. It's really about putting certain people down. Being awake is about the joy of, that Jesus gives us, about leading people to forgiveness and showing them the release from the curse of guilt. It's about lifting others up to see the new life and hope that Jesus gives to all people. It's, it's, it's a, a message of hope. And the words of St. Paul are a perfect call to wake up to the exciting challenges of reaching out to our, our woke culture. He offers three prayers for us as we serve him as his kingdom of priests and holy nation. Especially in a world that that is confused and struggling the way ours is. So listen today to a pastor's prayer for the new year. Lord, increase our faith. Lord, clear our path. And then Lord, increase our love. St. Paul saw Thessalonica as a good place to do mission work, guided there by the Holy Spirit himself. It was a large seaport city, and it connected the east and the west in that part of the world at that time. And we're told that he found immediate success there. 
in the early part of the letter, it says when you, to, about the people of, the, of Thessalonica, uh, the, the Thessalonians, when you received God's word, which you heard from us, you did not receive it as the word of men, but as the word of God, as it really is, which is now at work in you who believe. But you see, some rejected the message because they were jealous of his success, and they began a riot, and Paul was forced to flee the city after just a very short time of ministry. And like a concerned parent for their child, Paul couldn't stop thinking about him after he had left. He tells us that he was worried that Satan, who was behind all of the persecutions that erupted uh, on this congregation, was going to pull them back into idolatry. So, so Paul sent his partner Timothy back there to find out how things were going with that young fledgling congregation. And the report that Paul received was just what the doctor ordered to calm his fear. You see, Timothy told the, that the congregation was strong in the face of persecution, that their works were a product of a glowing faith, that their labor, everything that they did was prompted by the love of Jesus. And they endured this this persecution that they were facing because they held on strong to the hope of eternal life which the spirit had brought them to see and Timothy went on to say they were in fact a shining example to all of the churches in that part of the world no wonder Paul could say indeed how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have before God on account of you with all this said, Paul still wanted to make a return to finish some, finish some unfinished business. He says, we want to supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, I don't know about you, but at first glance, it's hard to say that people who are willing to endure ridicule and probably financial persecution had a lacking faith. But when we talk about faith, we're not only talking about that act of believing which the Holy Spirit instills in us, but we're also talking about the truths that we believe. And that's why the pastor's prayer for the new year begins with, Lord, strengthen our faith. That's what Paul wanted to do. You and I use the same means that Paul used with them, the Word of God. That word which exposes all of our wrinkles, all of our blemishes, all of our sins. It's that word which moves all the rocks under which we try to hide our sinfulness. It leaves us exposed to the all-seeing eyes of God. That's what the law does, doesn't it? And then instead of destroying us, it declares the gospel's good news of forgiveness to us. It leaves no doubt that we stand forgiven before God because of what Jesus has done for us. Friends, athletes don't get stronger by, and faster by sitting on the couch eating Twinkies and Ho-Hos. And you don't strengthen faith by neglecting the nutrition of the Scripture. That's why Paul wanted to go back and why Paul wants you and me to strengthen our faith through that same word. And the goal, well, he had the goal in mind too. He said 
that he wants us to be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Let's understand those terms in the, in the way the Bible un, un, understands them. First of all, to be blameless and holy isn't something that we do on our own. It's something that the Holy Spirit gives us. It's, it's that holiness of God that he gives to us. But there's another aspect of it that we need to remember too. And that's that um, God wants us to be blameless and holy in the presence of people. A stronger faith is going to show itself in a God-pleasing life. And a woke world needs to see that our faith really means something to us. And that it shows itself in a godly life and godly conduct. A woke, the woke world is quick to call Christians hypocrites. And a lot of times they have good reason to. And we all have to confess that. But as we grow in our faith, as our faith is strengthened, let the actions of our faith be a blessing to all people. So as we begin this new year, the pastor's prayer begins, Lord, strengthen our faith. But for Paul to supply what is lacking, he needed to be with them. And so he prayed, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. Why didn't Paul just visit them? Well, he tells us earlier in this, in, in this letter, we wanted to come to you, but Satan stopped us. The old foe used persecution and hostility to win the day. So Paul's prayer teaches us two unalterable truths. Number one, that Satan will do everything he can to keep people from growing in their faith. And number two, only the Lord himself can overcome the devil's schemes. And so a pastor's prayer for the new year also says, Lord, clear our path. So what's in the way of your personal growth in your personal relationship to Jesus? What's blocking your path? Are you caught up in the business of, the life, of this life to the point that you don't think that you can spend time in spiritual growth? Are you beset by personal vices, personal sins that you aren't ready to give up? Is it more important to quarrel than to resolve? To harbor a grudge than to say, I forgive you? To be filled with alcohol rather than filled with the Spirit? What's blocking your path? I, I remember a, my, my, my bishop, when I was a vicar, told me a story about when he came to a congregation, he went out to visit people that hadn't been in church for a long time, and he met a lady who hadn't been in church for was almost 20 years, and he asked her, why haven't you been in church? And she said, well, the last time that I went to church, the pastor didn't say hello to me when I walked out of church that morning. I never went back. And he said, did you know that he died 15 years ago? What's blocking your path?
What's blocking your path as a congregation? Remember the goal along the path, or the, the, remember the goal that Jesus has set for all of us to make disciples of all nations is, is the roadblock an attitude of discrimination? Is it a refusal to be all things to all men so that we can share the gospel with all people? Is it bad feelings toward another member of the congregation? Is it an unwillingness to use the God-given talents and gifts that God has given you for the good of the entire congregation? Satan always tries to find a way to block the work of the gospel, and it is only the Lord who can overcome. And the path can only become clear in our hearts through contrition and repentance, the things that God does for us. He alone can bring us to say, I'm sorry for sinning, and lead us to the joy of, of forgiveness. He's the one that clears the path so that we can, we can know, the, know the peace of a good conscience, and that we can fight the fight of faith. He clears the path so that we can boldly do the work he has entrusted to us to do as a congregation. And so we pray, Lord, clear our path. We ask that God would use his word on us individually and on us as a congregation. And clearing a path in our own lives then allows us to speak to a woke generation with a clear conscience so that we can humbly share the joy that is ours in Christ. And then the third prayer, the third wish that Paul has in this prayer is this, may the Lord make your love and increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. He is saying that he isn't satisfied with a full glass of water. He's saying that he wants a water, a glass that's just constantly overflowing, overflowing with love. He wants you to have love, lots of love. Because love is a fruit of faith. Where you find faith in Christ, you find the love of Jesus. We love because he first loved us. Christ's love compels us to love. And the closer we are to Jesus' love, the stronger is our love. So a pastor's prayer, not only to strengthen faith, not only to clear the path, but also to increase our love. And the home is a practice field, isn't it, for this? We show love by listening, sharing, forgiving, encouraging, building up whether it's our spouse, our children. Love is the legacy that you leave your children for their future home. The congregation is a place where deep relationships are developed with like-minded people. That we use our gifts and talents as a united body to advance the good news that is taught in this congregation. Love is an action and the Lord wants us to actively express this kind of love for each other in order to build each other up, to offer comfort to each other, to keep each other walking in the ways of Jesus. It means that we understand that our worship attendance is a moral booster for others as well. 
Let us be willing to call an ephemeral fellow member that we haven't seen in a while and say we miss you. Let us be willing to use the gifts that God has given to reach out to others and share that love and practice that love because he wants us also to share it not only with each other but with others as well. That was a tall order for the Thessalonians, wasn't it? Show your love to persecutors and detractors. Our woke culture, when you study it to its core, really has no love for Jesus, and so it will not have any love for you, but that doesn't stop us from sharing the love of Jesus with others. And if these words sound like a tall order, if it sounds like we have a grand prayer for this new year, it's because it is a tall order. And maybe that's why Paul says, may he strengthen your hearts. May he strengthen your hearts as you grow in your knowledge of him through the word. May he strengthen your hearts as you face your own trials and troubles and learn to cling to Jesus more closely. Paul says all of these things because he knows that Jesus' return is imminent, that he will be coming back with his holy angels. That's why we pray, Lord, increase our love. Jesus will return until that day. Let's remember a pastor's prayer for the new year, one that is challenging, one that is Christ-focused, one that truly wants to reach out to the world, our culture around us. So Lord, grant us the blessings of this prayer. Increase our faith, clear our path, increase our love. And when you do that, Lord, we will have a very happy and a very blessed new year. Amen.